Ooh, this week on Two Dynamite Dudes, Marcus and I talk Ricky Starks taking further hold of Team Taz after defeating Brian Cage. Plus, Slammiversary's impact on AEW's product. Hmm, little pun there. John Moxley versus Carl Anderson in the forthcoming Texas death match between Mox and Lance Archer. Malachi Black saying he doesn't see it in Arn and Cody anymore. Coffin match chaos. Hangman's challenge and what it indicates moving forward for him versus Kenny Omega. Jericho versus Sean Spears with chair-wielding properties. Matt Hardy versus Christian Cage. Penelope Ford versus Yuka Sakazaki. And so, so much more this week on 2-2-O-Who. Two Dynamite Dudes with Attitude. Got me hyped. Yes, it is two. Two dynamite dudes with attitude, and we are live. Live in studio. Well, in our houses. But I am with my degenerate brother, not of WrestleZone.com, Mr. Marcus D'Angelo. Marcus, how are you today, huh? I am doing glorious, Dominic. Uh, good week. Good week for wrestling. Uh, a lot of awesome stuff going on. A lot of cool things to discuss here on Two Dynamite Dudes with Attitude. Mm-hmm. That is correct. A lot of stuff going on in AEW and going on out of AEW that connects to AEW. Um, so pretty interesting stuff. The show last on Wednesday was happened to be in, I think, Cedar Park, Texas, but uh, which is near Austin, Texas. And it all kind of ties together because that is the hometown of Ricky Starks or the, yeah, the home base of Ricky Starks who had, I think, I think the show stealer of the night between him and Brian Cage. What do you think about that, Marcus? I thought it was a great match, man. Uh, by the way, Steven, Nesha, thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, good, good to see you as always. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was great, man. You know, it's they did it exactly right in that Brian Cage got to look strong for the entire match. Ricky Starks manages to pull it out in the end in his uh, return match. And, you know, we swapped the FTW title. And now, Dominic, uh, Brian Cage can become Mortis. Oh, correct. Like That's- you... That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> so he really should, honestly, though. If he was wrestling the Indies as Mortis occasionally to uh, pay respect to uh, Chris Canyon, then uh, I would love to see him break that out just every once in a while in AEW. I think it'd be cool. Yeah, that would be pretty neat. I mean, not like kind of like we were talking about how the Finn Balor route with going with the Demon and stuff like that. That's Maybe exactly not something that's like a full time thing, but it would be pretty neat to see him break out, even if it's just like. Just the look. It, he's not going by Mortis, but maybe if it's just even the look or something like that. Right. You know, yeah. Something like that could work. Or, or, you know, like call him Brian Cage Mortis during those periods of times. So, you know, like everybody acknowledges that it's still Brian Cage, but right now he's not Brian Cage. He's Mortis. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how they, who they might pair him up with. Do you have any indication who they might pair him up with? I don't know. I, I'm hoping that he's going to go as like a, a lone wolf type, but I'm not sure if that's really in the cards. Uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, maybe to fight back against Team Taz, he, he buddies up with somebody, you know, not necessarily like they, they become a tag team together or anything to that effect, but uh, 
that they team up, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess uh, the one that you and I always point to is Lance Archer, who's kind of a tweener. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, he could always jump in, and that would be a pretty dominating tag team combination. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's certainly a possibility. Yeah, John Murphy asked, when will Hook start wrestling? Um, that, that's a good question. The kid's got a really good look. Uh, yeah. He always looks really intense. He's in great shape. Not sure if you guys can hear. My baby just woke up from her nap. Oh, so she's wow. That was, <laughs> that was yeah. you. Uh, and yeah, that's just saying he does need <laughs> he does need that backup against Team Taz. He's one man. Oh my! Wow, Ooh, she man. is ready to roll, huh? Nobody wants to wake up from a nap, dude. I if I could get my voice that high when I scream when I wake up, uh, I would. That's like a Luna Vachon kind of. Uh reaction there uh with this close to naming her luna dom <laughs> <laughs> just to say <laughs> right <laughs> but um no i thought that was a really well done match and played out very well um i kind of i liked how like they teased it that hobbs is like not letting ricky start use the title and then he ended up using the title. Right, where it's like hey no he's still part of our our little family here and then oops the swerve bro Yep, the sort of really get you, get you. So um, I'm curious too if they'll have Ricky Starks kind of wrestle more, defending the title, putting the title online, or stuff like that, or you know, making that more of a prominent focus too going forward. Hey Dom, you know Stephen Culp's makes a pretty good point here. He's saying Cage could use a mouthpiece to bring in a veteran like Cage. Uh, I agree. You know, it's I don't think that it's necessarily the strongest part of his character is his ability to do promos. So uh, maybe bringing in a mouthpiece could help be exactly what puts him over the edge. That being said, like he hasn't really had a whole lot of opportunity to talk a whole lot, and I don't think he's that bad when he does talk. You know? He doesn't jump off the screen when he does. Like it's it's not like he's he's not Ricky Starks, uh, and he's not Kenny Omega. Where it's just like every time he starts talking, it's like you kind of need to lean in and listen. Uh, Eddie Kingston, friend of the show, Eddie Kingston. <laughs> uh, it's uh, he's he's not that. So uh, yeah, I think that introducing a mouthpiece for him could be a good thing. Well, that can kind of go maybe hand in hand with uh, Jake, you know. Oh, there you go. And stuff, so there you go. Give another faction, another faction, Dom. Just what we need. <laughs> I don't know about that. I was all about the factions for a while, and I think they can kind of try to taper off and find their own way. Hopefully, that might happen once Rampage kicks off and they got another show that they can balance like people out with. You know what I mean, Dom? Sean, Sean Brassard is saying that we should wrestle more on this hmm. podcast. What do you I think? I wonder if that's what he's referring to. I was kind of like, who's he referring to? And you. Marcus, it's got to be just the two of us, like both you and I. We need to like we need to film ourselves in like a, a backlot brawl. Maybe we do like a once a month kind of wrestling. <laughs> Put it on paper, like our Patreon or something. <laughs> we just have like a living room fight, or we could do it in your basement, right? Good, Dominic. I gotta say, I would beat the shit out of you. Oh, you fucking would. <laughs> fight dirty. Like I always do, and then I get the Eddie Kingston in front of the show spinning back fist on you. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, let's hammer on. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought that was a, the match of the night, and I thought it was really well done. So, uh, but Marcus, we also have uh, now. I know you didn't watch Slammiversary, but that Slammiversary took place last night, and my goodness, quite the uh, occurrences went down in regards to it. Have you heard of any? Have you got wind of any of the the happenings last night at Slammiversary? You texted me something, but I was dozing off, so it all feels like oh, a dream right now. Oh, you don't remember. 
kind of sort of i do like i do remember like one of my favorite wrestlers on the face of the planet made an appearance yes that's that's i don't know a lot of the details surrounding it my goodness another friend of the show thunder rosa that's right formerly on our podcast here with us go ahead back into the archives listen to that and uh she happened to uh challenge for the knockouts women title against diana perrazzo oh my yes Oh, yes. Oh, good grief with the wow. baby up there. It sounds like a teapot going off. <laughs> uh, hang on. Sean is saying uh, thoughts on GTA. We like GTA 5. I just jumped back into playing GTA 5. I love it. GTA? Oh, yeah. I dig GTA. I, well, I haven't played it recently. It's just overwhelming. I actually never even did the storyline in it, and that's what I'm really big in, into when I'm playing those types of games is like the story. And I haven't even finished that. Marcus, did you finish the story in that? I did. I did. But that was when it was back on, on 360. It was a good time. Uh, Bit Milligan, real quick, Dom, says Jake Roberts would be a good mouthpiece for Cage. Also for maybe Eddie Kingston. I don't think Eddie Kingston needs a mouthpiece. I think he's the strongest promo in the biz. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, it would be neat to see him and Eddie. I mean, him and Jake exchange barbs with one another. I think. Yeah, that, now, that would be fun uh, mm-hmm. seeing Eddie and Jake talking shit to one another. See, and now, like, we talk about Jake. I mean, Cage using a mouthpiece. I really think Jake should go heel, right? Like, that's just it right only, up his alley. It only makes sense. He's he's too damn good as a heel not to, you know? Yeah, right? To manipulate and kind of play to that effect. Right. So, um, but back to Impact. So, Thunder Rosa challenged for the title. I thought she might have, she might have, like, upset, like, not upset Deanna, but, like, pull off the win. But it, actually, Deanna's the one that got a clean pin finish on her. And so, uh, hit her, uh, I think it was a pile driver she hit or something but um yeah it got it got the win and um but that was neat to see thunder rosa it was a pleasant surprise and uh you know it from what it appears there's going to be more crossover happening between AEW and uh impact as well as new japan and then triple a lucha libre and we also have a little insertion of nwa going in the mix so marcus forbidden doors uh i tweeted this out last night it's almost like the muppet christmas when uh we we tuned in it's like the muppet christmas show or something we're like we had fraggle rock we had sesame street and we had the muppets all in one house and that's what uh pro wrestling is kind of like right now and the forbidden door is flinging open right now um Mm -hmm. uh okay uh bit actually cleared it up he was saying no the kingston should be uh cage's mouthpiece which what if those two became a tag team that would be pretty neat that's interesting yeah i would like that a lot i think that would be very cool because yeah both are like, you know, K, uh, Kingston's already an established babyface and like over as a babyface. So getting Cage over to him would make a lot of sense because I mean, Cage can be a good babyface. I think that's a it's a strong indicator already. But why not enhance that by pairing those two up? And it, again, it doesn't have to be in a faction. Doesn't have to be in anything like that. And plus, you can get that synergy of once Pot comes back after all these uh, travel issues that he's having with and Ray Phoenix come back, you can go and reestablish the death triangle if you really want to, and then get Eddie away from like Penta and all that stuff and have him work with cage more. You know, I think that'd be kind of cool. Uh, By the way, Andrade calling out the death triangle, um, which I found interesting. Oh yes. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that we're inevitably coming toward a feud between him and Penta, him and Ray Phoenix for sure. Probably the direction we're trying to move in. Oh, him and Pac, I'm sure would have barn burners a match. Holy shit. That'd be great. That'd be great. What'd you think of that little segment with him? Good man. Uh, you know, I, I like that. Uh, uh, what's his name? The guy that was with him. 
Oh, Abraham Asante's, I think. Yes, name. I think so. Or no, no, it was like uh, the mouthpiece for Pento. Wasn't yeah. he talking for him? Is that his yeah, name? That's his name. Or oh, to, okay. something to that effect. I want to make sure I'm pronouncing it correctly, but. Yeah, um, I did think it was interesting that this guy's like Penta's hype man, but then he's holding the mic for a guy who clearly wants to fight Penta, which yeah. is, which is weird. Well, um, he was well, he was also um, he was a backstage interviewer before he aligned with Penta too. Oh, so. gotcha. Oh, okay. geez, oh my god, it's Alex Abrahantes. Okay, I knew it was something like that. Yeah, yeah. so he's great. Yeah, I like him as a kind of the, the interpreter for, for Penta. I think he does a good job. Um, let me let's, let's check some of these out, Dominic. Uh, opening match between Mox and Anderson, but he he wants uh, this is Stephen Chambers. He wants to get rid of the Wild Thing song. What do you think of that? No, I think you already have it, and I think there's a reason to have it. Um, no, I, I think you you hold on to that. That's from Major League. That's the Major League version. Oh, really? Rick Wild Thing Vaughn comes out. Yeah. Dom, I gotta I gotta say, I wish like it, I thought it was a good match too. You know, two guys who are pros technicians uh when they want to be but uh, does a much a mox match ever stay in the damn ring it's a good point yeah it really hasn't has it no <laughs> yeah i mean um, let's let's keep it in the ring i get it that mox as nesh is saying mox mox is wild so it makes sense i get it that he's like wild but like uh but let's give every once in a while you know surprise us keep it in the ring yeah may i mean that's the thing i think um I think it does make sense that he's wild and you do fight outside. And so like, even if you're coming from the perspective of like a sports angle of things, um, you don't see like, I'm just using relevant news. You don't see like uh, Chris Paul change his style from the NBA finals, or you don't see like a certain athlete change their style either. So like, you know, unless they adjust their game plan for a particular type of wrestler. So if you're fighting somebody like Carl Anderson, you can brawl it out with Carl. Like you can brawl it out with him. Uh, but now if you're fighting somebody like, let's say, um, uh, geez, who's like a real technical guy that they have going on right now. That's, that's real good. Um, shoot. You, can you think of anybody offhand real technical? Oh, like a super technical wrestler in AEW? In AEW. Yeah. Mm, Christian cage. Did you say him? I didn't say him. So somebody like that would work. Like, yeah. If you were to fight that where you adjust your style, but yeah, I mean, there should, you know, it would be nice to see like a little variety going on. Um, but yeah, the match was all right. Like um, it didn't, I was really expecting more, I guess, from it a little bit, but um, I thought it like conveyed the story and, and moved things along a lot. I don't think, uh, yeah, it was nothing, nothing super duper like bam. I thought it was going to really pack a punch with the Austin crowd there. And it kind of did, but um, I feel uh, overall that yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the the best match of the night. I would say. What do you think is the deal with the IWGP? You know, kind of are are they essentially just trying to give Mox something like something to do, so like a storyline, something to sink his teeth into with this IWGP stuff, or is it goodwill toward IWGP? I think it's maybe a little bit of both. Um, you know, obviously he can't always try to challenge for the world title. So you need to give him something to kind of, and he's had this title like pre pandemic. So um, yeah, it just makes, I think it makes sense. Why not utilize it? And then also like you're getting the new Japan name out there and creating the tease and intrigue of like, Oh, who could he defend this against? And who could he lose it to potentially? And I think, 
Anderson was a good one to put up against because you made the point last week that, hey, you know, maybe he's the one to bring it back to New Japan and stuff like that since he has those ties. So it did open that door for like, oh, you know, Mox could potentially lose this to Carl, you know? Right. So, um, yeah, I think it just furthers that home. And, hey, next week, you know, we got the Texas death match, the rematch of when Mox beat Archer for that title. Yeah, uh, Stephen Chambers is, is looking forward to that. He's saying it's going to be awesome. And I I'm, I believe it will be. I believe it's going to be a spectacle, much like the main event of this, which we'll get to. Um, I think it's going to be a big spectacle. Um, I'm wondering what – I know that Terry Funk did these. What makes a Texas death match, Dom? Um, I don't think anything super-duper significant. It's just uh, like maybe like the bull rope and stuff like that and – Anything to that extent, like, you know, <laughs> braining iron maybe or something you'll, we'll get. Have. Marcus, I would have to say, I don't think next week they're going to stay in the ring either. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and guess that they're not going to keep it in the ring next week, no. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a possibility to not happen. <laughs> Dom Nesha likes your shirt. Oh, thanks. Yeah, DDP, baby. Homage. <laughs> 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 I try right, not right. to wear wrestling shirts for the most part, but, uh, you know, when I'm on here. But, hey, you know, I can't be DDP, so. Hey, you got to let your fandom come out every once in a while. Um, let's see here. So let's see. How about, uh, oh, oh, go ahead. I don't mean to take over, but what about, uh, uh Cody, uh, addressing the Alistair black, uh, rather Malachi black. Uh, I mean, Tommy end situation, <laughs> um, the, the, that happened last week. I thought Cody came out with great fire and, uh, the little pre-tape that Malachi had was, was really good. And then he came out and it was, you know, I, I did kind of building some intrigue there. Yeah, no, I think so, too. I think it's a pretty cool angle, and I think, uh, you know, I think they're going to complement one another very well because of, you know, the, the difference in styles and stuff like that, but they're both good wrestlers, so um, them able to do that for moving forward will be good. Um, yeah, what would you think about how the angle that they took with, um, you know, Malachi saying, hey, I look in your eyes, you and Arn's eyes, and I just don't see the fire anymore, like, basically. I thought it was good. I thought, you know, that was one of the things that sort of drew me into the uh, angle a little bit where it's just like, you know, it's uh, he was describing that story about like a horse and like the guy loves the horse and wants to wants to uh, put him out of his misery, so to speak. And it's like, OK, so he's basically saying like he has respect for both these guys, but they're just not who they used to be. And yeah, uh, he yeah. wants to eliminate them. So I was like, oh, it's kind of a neat, interesting angle. So, no, I, I mean, I thought it was good. Um, and yeah, it's it, I think I think it's going to be one hell of a match because, as you said, both guys are. I mean, Cody's, you know, one of easily top five wrestlers in the world right now, as far from a technical standpoint. So I think that uh, that uh, you know he and Malachi are going to have a barn burner of a match. Yeah, and to reference Terry Funk, uh, Terry Funk had a promo like that about a horse. Like, wow. oh really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think oh, it was that's cool. In an angle with. Uh... I want to say it was an angle with Jerry Lawler or something like that, but he cut an angle like that where he had to like talk about putting a horse down. So it's, um, it's an exciting feud to be sure. Uh, Veronique. Hi, thanks for joining us. Thanks to yeah. everybody for joining us. We love yeah, it. Thanks, guys. Uh, Dom, uh, Steven Chamber is wondering why Miro was not wrestling. I will say though, he had, he had a really nice pre-tape promo. Yeah, Again. that was good. Uh-huh. And did you see his new belt? Yeah. How about that? It's a good new title look, you know? Yeah, yeah, I thought it had a cool look. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm really blown away by the incredibly strong promos that he's delivering time and time again. Uh, especially as, as I mentioned, you know, it was when he first came in, I was like, Ugh, I hate him on the mic. But I, I didn't like what he was doing. I was like, give him a mouthpiece. You know, he's a beast of a dude, good in the ring. Uh, so you know, we can, 
you can make money that way. But the fact that he's as good as he is on the mic now, it's like, I mean, sky is the limit for this guy like Miro. Uh, and, and by the way, the explanation of his bullshit start in AEW kind of sort of worked for me. Can you refresh me again what he said? In a nutshell, he was saying like he was being he wasn't being uh, true to himself, you know, when he first came in and uh, and like basically like God chose him uh, to uh, take this other path was was essentially like the route that he's taking. And like I don't know. I think that like the fact that he's like very pious religious with this, but he's also just like this cheating, nasty heel. It's like such an interesting dichotomy. I, I really think it works, man. Yeah. Yeah. He does. He's doing a good job with it. And uh yeah, I think uh, the reason he's probably not wrestling is um, just the fact that you don't want to, you don't have to have him wrestle all the time on there, you know, you know, create, create some build and some intrigue to it. Um, yeah. uh, Dominic, uh, Nash is saying that Lana has, has been uh, maybe giving him a hand with those promos. And I wouldn't doubt it, to be honest. I always thought Lana was a strong promo, especially when she was doing her Russian bit. Yeah, yeah. She was always very solid at that kind of stuff. And she really embraced that role for quite a while. And I honestly, I kind of think she kind of lost her way after she they got rid of that. You know, they should have they should have kept her Russian. They should have kept Kofi Kingston Jamaican. It's just all. Nah, no, I don't it's think. Like, hey, guess what? They're not anymore. So uh, get get past it. Let's enjoy this match. And it's like, <laughs> no, dude, like, let's talk about the fact that you changed their accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was very strange for them to do. Um, let me see. Stephen Culp says Mox is like Edge the way he needs gold around his waist to be relevant. Ah, mm. uh, no, I don't think so. Um, it's 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 an interesting take. I gotta say. What do you think about that? Well, I think that with Mox's style, where it's like basically a brawl all mm-hmm. the time, it's that kind of stuff gets old fast. You know, um, where it's like, you know, you can only see somebody dump to the outside and like I'll sling you into the guardrail. I'll hang you out to dry. You know, like I'll do all all these all these outside wrestling fist fight moves. And I think that you can only see that so many times before it's just like, OK, well, Mox is coming out. You know, so I, I do think that adding the title adds stakes to that um, a little bit. So I think maybe he's got a point. Yeah, and, you know, it's always uh, uh, important for a wrestler to, like, I mean, we do say, like, I can't, this kind of contradicts what I said earlier, but it does, to a point, you need to make, you need to uh, reinvent in in regards, and, like, probably Mox's, like, maybe biggest point to reinvent is how he works in the ring in, in certain aspects. You know, just I, I remember him being a pretty good worker when he, like, put his mind to just working, you know? And you know what? Yeah, I'm sure he he does have that ability too. So uh, you know, I think um, him being able to almost like I really like his look when he wrestled in New Japan too, where he's got like the wrestling trunks, like and stuff like that. I think that would really add to it too, like into uh, kind of showing you know that he's more than just that brawler, but he can brawl too, like you know in an Austin way, where it's like Austin brawls, but obviously. Steve Austin was such a great technical wrestler as well beforehand. So absolutely. Um, I, well, that was exactly the point I was going to make was like, yeah, Austin was still Austin was brawling after he broke his neck because yeah. he had to, but uh, you know, I, I don't think that Mox has to like Austin did. And so I don't know. I, I hope that he tries to find more of a balance between like working a match and like getting into the gimmicky brawling stuff. I agree. I agree. Now, to to stay relevant with the title, like he needs a title to stay relevant. I don't know. Mox is so good at promos. I mean, even that promo that he cut with about Archer, you know, hey, you're Texas bred, Texas born, you're gonna be Texas dead. 
you know, I thought that was good stuff too. So um, Texas dead is a very strong statement. You know, yeah. nobody, nobody has to get murdered here. We're, we're just going to fight guys. Come on. <laughs> um, but no, I, I agree. And he is a strong promo. And I, I also agree that that helps to get him over um, along with the, uh, the titles. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I can see both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, there's definitely needs to be like some adjustment in the style, but overall I think he's, I mean, obviously we said week in and week out, he's, he was the top baby face going for so, so long, I think, you know, and that promo game, nobody could beat him at that. I think honestly. So, um, uh, before we jump into what Steven's talking about, Dom, sure. I, I want to touch on something that was just a really kind of a brief note that I had and something, you know, it wasn't necessarily like an overwhelming match where it's like, I think you and I need to discuss it a lot, but there's one aspect that I want to discuss. Sure. Go for and that's, that's uh, Penelope Ford. And uh, I hate the fact that, and I'm sorry, the girl's name is escaping me who she put over here. I, I have it right here. Okay. Um, do I have it? Well, in either case, while you're looking that name up, um, it, it, I did not like the fact that Penelope Ford put her over. I feel like Penelope's really starting to gain some steam and uh, and show herself as like an incredible talent. I mean, this girl's got box office written all over. She gets better every single time she comes out. Um, and they've been establishing her on TV for a couple of weeks. So why just throw it all away by having this talent that nobody cares about, nobody's familiar with, come in and just beat her? I, yeah. Mar- Marcus, I, I have I have to agree with you. Like I think her name is Yuka Sakazaki. And um, while her, uh, while she could maybe cultivate a fan base, um, I think you already have Penelope Ford at like building towards that. Like she's been a presence on there and everything like that. But let's be honest too. Like her, you're, you're playing to an American fan base for the most part. So uh, who are they going to familiarize themselves with first? You know, you, and you already have Penelope Ford there. And so we know uh, her. And, and that mm-hmm. I think that that's the real crux of things is like, you know, it's not even about like identifying with someone. It's more about like we know her. We've we've been seeing her on TV. We've got a vested interest in Penelope Ford. I don't have any interest in this other girl. And I'm she's a good worker. She did fine. She didn't do anything wrong. But like I, I don't have any interest in her because I don't see her. Yeah. Uh, and there's no there's nothing to build towards her like they they threw her out there and they're like, Hey, she's making a return. Honestly, I don't remember when she was on dynamite before, you know, right? right. It's, it's been that long. So like Excalibur had to tell us, Hey, she was on here before. Well, I don't even remember her being on there. And now I know she was in the tournament like that they had. Um, and like, I remember seeing her wrestle in Japan for the tournament. And like, I think that character is somebody that you can develop and build, you know, like from a certain, like, Hey, eye-catching standpoint, if you want to even attract like a younger fan base. Um, but listen, we didn't get anything to to build her, whether it was like a, a vignette or, uh, you know, somebody helping her out with a promo or like trying to convey who this person is. Like it would have made more sense maybe if you did something the week before, you know, even a week before where you had a little video about her or something. Hey, yep. she's coming back next week. Boom, get ready for it. And like maybe that would build a little bit of intrigue. Now, I think the she was pretty over with the crowd, was she not? Uh, well, I I think so. Um, and I guess you know it, that's we're in the era of like smart fans who are like kind of watching programs across the board. But I don't know, like Penelope Ford got was was getting big reactions from the crowd too. Yeah, she, yeah. She and like them out, and she did like her split in the ring and stuff. She got a big pop, and, you know. And thing is, she looks like a million bucks. We know her well. Her finish is awesome. Um, so it, it like, I, I 
see a lot in Penelope Ford. So for her to come out and put over a talent who had no build and there's no anticipation, it just doesn't make any sense. No, I agree with you. It just, um, you know, I just think uh, you already have plenty of talent that's there. And, um, you know, to ensure you want to get more and more talent over, but um, I think you're still working towards building Penelope. And obviously she's got a look and a presence that's like, you know, that's going to attract an audience. So it's, um, it, why not? Why not put more behind her and get her established over? I don't think you did. I don't think you did this, uh, Yuka Sakazaki, any, any favors by having her get over either. At this oh, probably, time. probably got a little low key heat on her. And I, I will say like the way that Penelope Ford has been going over against people. I know she got a big win against the bunny with that awesome finisher of hers and stuff. Like the way she's been going over on people, it's like if if we were saying, "Hey, forget about Nally Rose versus Britt Baker. How about Penelope Ford versus Britt Baker?" I'd be like, "Yeah, oh, great. I'd be like, "Hell yes, Marcus." That's, that's a great point. I really think you know, even if uh, you know, you have to adjust the story. Like Penelope is like she's building towards being a better worker, but she's not like quite there yet, even. Sure. But she's got like, I think that's just a more better story. Especially like this is a good segue. It's like leads us like Britt Baker's promo. That was a babyface promo, was it not? Yep. And the way that Tony Schiavone, an announcer, a babyface announcer, is it hypes her every single time and gets us all worked up about, hey, here she comes. It's like, okay, what, what, what the fuck is she then? Is she is she a babyface now, or what are we doing? So, um, yeah, it's uh, I don't know. There, you see that kind of thing throughout the program, though, Dom. I mean, proud and powerful. A uh, couple of baby faces that I mean, if if you're a casual viewer and you're like, oh, OK, hey, check it out. Tully, Tully Blanchard's on TV and you like tune in and you see these two dudes who like get him on the ground and intimidate him, an old man. And then they just like walk away and leave him sitting on the ground. I'd be like, fuck those two guys. What the fuck? You know what they just do to the, the old guy? That's not right. You know, and so the. the I'm I'm sorry, but wrestling fans I think are pretty simple. We want black and white. Who's who's the bad guy? Who's the good guy? Who should I cheer? Who should I hate? Which which bad guy is cool? The cool bad guy that I can get behind a little bit, you know. So it's I don't know. It's they they muddy the water often. They do, and um, with that with that incident too. I mean, Ortiz and Santana are, are the cool bad guys. Well, they're good guys. Jeez, oh man, I'm so used to the being them being the cool bad guys, but now they're the good guys. And I think they did, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, like if you had context around it, they did the good guy thing where they're like, hey, this guy was been an asshole and like had them Padre, like got Padre Conan and all that stuff. He did all this shit, but then, um, you know. They, and they they, and they they acted like they were going to hurt him, but they didn't. But they but did. It, it was still just like very predatory behavior <laughs> from two guys who would like very, very clearly no, I, beat the shit out of him. You know yeah, what I mean? So, I do agree. Uh, yeah. So I'm like, oh, come on. You can't do that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's true. I mean, I think uh, there is some some aspects where it's like, hey, what's what's exactly going on here and there? Now, something that is clear cut uh, is the promoing segment with uh hangman kenny omega and the young bucks going on uh 
Uh, yes. What would you think? Hey, about by the that? way, Omkar Patil trying to get his shit in over there. Get the fuck out of here with this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just playing. Part. I don't care. Uh, as long as you're, you're not, you know, hooking people up with viruses, you guys can share links on here. I don't um, care. I don't worry. I'm deleting that comment. That doesn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, if somebody, if it's somebody we're familiar with, and they're sharing something, we're more than happy to. But I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna perpetuate that matter. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's more about like uh, clicking something and possibly getting a virus from somebody or like a bot or whatever. Um, but in any case, um, yes, Hangman Page is he the strongest baby face in the industry right now? I wouldn't go that far. Um, who's who's who gets bigger pops? Who gets a bigger that's reaction? A great point though. Yeah, he did get a huge pop, did he not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm I'm saying, man, it's the audience is very very much hottest behind. right now. Yeah, I would say Hangman. Very um, very much behind him. Yeah. Um, I'm, it's this is almost like a crowd. If this feels to me like a crowd initiative where basically it's you know and this is something that they used to do back in the day where it's like if a guy kept coming out and just kept getting pops over and over again and like the crowd loved him the crowd was behind him like eventually the office would be like all right we gotta we gotta put the strap on this guy yeah yeah and i think that's right i think nash is right too they're setting the page for page to beat kenny yeah no doubt about it uh so yeah those two are gonna have a match and page is gonna win now what do you think's happening next week? Because they have the triple tag match where uh if Paige wins, he gets the title shot, and so do his uh Dark Order gets the tag title shot. So I think they're gonna win, obviously. Right? They have to, yeah. Um, and I think that the young bucks are gonna beat whatever job or dark dark order members they come up against. But um, you know, we're we're really building toward Paige you know, getting the belt off Kenny. From a dark order standpoint, who would you put in the match with Paige? Um Silver and Reynolds. Silver and Reynolds. Is he ready? Is is John Silver? I don't think he's been medically cleared from a uh, actual. Oh, okay. or, uh, in, in that case, I guess like Colt Cabana and Reynolds, maybe. That would be bad. Or what about like? What about like? I'd like to see Stu Grayson get a little bit of a spotlight. You know, Stu sure. Grayson and Ten, or Stu Grayson and Colt, or you know, somebody like that. I think would be pretty cool. Sure, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I can see Stu Grayson being the right call. Yeah. Um, Nesha says Kenny should have lost at Slam Anniversary. I got to disagree with you there, Nesha. Was it uh, Sammy? It was, yeah, if you know me, I'm not the biggest uh, Sammy Callahan proponent. And, you know, while that main event I thought was well done for being a no DQ match, it just really played into my reasoning for not being a huge Sammy Callahan guy. Like, I think. Um, he uh, like him presenting the fork and then just like making a real bloody match really just played into his uh, I think his Achilles heel where it's like, you know, Mox does that kind of stuff, but Mox is more has a look and has like the presence and has the promo ability while Sammy just seems for lack of a better phrase, low rent to me. <laughs> so um, I just, I thought it was a good main event and everything like that. But uh I'm glad Kenny retained because I think they should be giving it to somebody that's a little more um, that has a little bit more of a star power to him. And, um, and, and I agree with Nesha, you know, she's saying uh, she's, she's ready for impact to have their belt back. And I understand. uh, And I think that they will get it back soon. But when you, when you do the switch, you definitely want to do it with, uh, with somebody who's basically like going to be the face, the long-term face of, uh, of impact wrestling. Yeah. So it, uh, it was Sammy, that guy, I don't know him well enough, but based on context clues, I'm going to say no, because he's 
using a fucking fork and stuff in the ring. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. Uh, some people dig that stuff. So I don't. I know. also did not like the opening uh, promo that they did with him. Like he had a vignette where he was like staring into the mirror, and it was just kind of very hokey and like bloody and like you know it's a, like a bloody his old bloody self or something. And it was just I don't know. It's just yeah. <sighs> it didn't prove me anything different. Like there was so many other wrestlers. I I think on the card that I would love to see go up against Kenny Omega. I just think they need to, uh, again, like I said a couple weeks ago or last week, I think is they need to, they need to just push the right stars instead of like Sammy's been there. He's been in the world title picture and, you know, he may be an established impact face, but uh, he's been a heel these how many weeks on end, and then all of a sudden they're trying to flip him. Hey, we're the he's the guy that you got to get behind, and I'm just like, nah, I'm not. He's not a guy I got to get behind. <laughs> so uh, I'm just, yeah, I think, yeah, James Storm Nesha. That's always who I keep saying to is like, I think he's the guy. I know he's filming right now, filming a movie and stuff. So I think he's just away. But you know, he would have been somebody I would love to see go up against uh, Kenny Omega or like even Eddie Edwards, just somebody that could put on a good match. You know, I will say that this match, like Kenny's just showing like his range to be able to work a match like this. Um, and like Kenny took, yeah, Kenny took that pizza cutter to the forehead a couple times. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, he's, he's showing his range, but it's also like, you don't, I mean, Kenny needs to go up against a bigger guy than Sammy Callahan. And I don't think he, Sammy Callahan's the guy that live up to a main event card where it's just like, that's a must see match for me. Like, yeah, it's just uh, it's low on the ranking of Kenny's matches. I I would say I think it was a good match, but like you know, you if you're you want to if you're Impact, you want to put your best foot forward, and that is not Sammy Callahan, right? Me. Let's let's get Nick Gage in there, Dom. Well, he could. Did you see them name drop Nick Gage? No, I I didn't. Who Dallas did? was like Kenny Omega is the king of the death match, better than Nick Gage, better than Terry Funk, better than like saying oh, wow. all these people. So he did I mention that, Nick Gage. That's, uh, that's really funny. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's see. Yeah. Oh, the Good Brothers. Yes, they got the Impact Tag Belts. Um, gosh, again, there's somebody that you want to establish more so on the AW Dynamite project. I mean, like, if you're Impact, you really want to push for them to be presence. I think you need just, I'm hoping AW allows the floodgates to open a little bit with some more impact talent coming in. I mean, cause like Deanna Perazzo, holy shit. Like there's a reason that they put her over Thunder Rosa last night because she is really, really good. And like, you know, um, there seems to be some bleed over coming with um, NWA with Mickey James coming out at the end of that match. And then trying to invite Deanna on to NWA empower the all women's show. So uh, there is that kind of bleed over, but, you know, yeah. If you're Impact, I would be really vying. Hey, we got to get uh, some of our name talent on Dynamite. We got to make a pitch for that. And you know, I'm all about more NWA involvement. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I I think that it would be a lot of fun to see somebody like Nick Aldis on on AEW TV. Uh, somebody like Trevor Murdoch getting involved. Uh, so yeah, yeah I, I think it could be a really really fun time a cool avenue and by the way like i wouldn't be against kenny omega holding the nwa title impact title AEW title could you imagine that dude it would it would be wild and then like i know we're going into the into the weeds a little bit but how cool would it be to see kenny hold all those titles and then call out roman reigns (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, it's like, and it, obviously it, it would be like Vince McMahon being challenged by Eric Bischoff. Like, obviously Roman Reigns is not going to come over and have a match, but basically it's like, I'm the just on, come after just, me. yeah, just on national TV, just make him look like he's being a coward if he doesn't show up. Yeah. You know, so it's, I've I got all know, the belts. You just got one. Right. Right. So uh, I don't know. I think that there's a lot of value in this, open, you know, uh, what do they call it? The for- forbidden door situation. Yeah. yeah. A lot of directions to move in. So I'm I'm really happy with the direction that they're moving in with it. I agree. I agree. Um, gosh, I was going to say something, too, but I can't remember what it was. Huh. Dominic, something else I'm happy about the direction of I'm taking over the uh, movies. <laughs> so, so, something else I'm happy about the direction of uh, the match of the night, Dominic Christian Cage versus Matt Hardy. Oh, that was your match of the night. Easily the match of the night. I thought that uh, Christian Cage brought out the best to Matt Hardy. Um, I uh, really well worked. I'm hoping that a lot of the younger talent was backstage watching these two uh, work. Uh, because you know they're they're both classically trained pros uh, from from back in the day when you know the, the big part of the training was the psychology of the business and uh, those two just put on a great show. Um, I thought that uh, Matt beat him at one point where uh, he he managed to nail him with the twist of fate after some fuckery there, and I was like, oh man, Matt Matt went over, but nope. Christian Cage kicks out, hits him, you know, eventually winds up hitting him with the unprettier and getting a win. And uh, just the way that they're building Christian Cage, they're doing a great job. And I can't say enough good things about Christian, dude. He's, uh, I've said it before on this program. I never really saw it before, you know, when he was in WWE. But I think that that was the way that WWE was presenting him. Um, was it, basically he was like, hey, that's the guy who's not Edge. Uh, <laughs> yeah. who's pretty good in the ring, <laughs> you know, like, oh, it's OK. The guy who used to be in that tag team. And it's like it's hard to cross that threshold once WWE puts that little moniker on you. And uh, so I didn't really care about his TNA stuff. Never really watched much of it. But now it's like I, I see it and I get it. And I'm a big, big Christian Cage fan. What a savvy move it was on his part to be like he came to he he showed up at last year's Royal Rumble, you know, and it was down to him, like him and Edge were one of the final four, I believe. And then, um, you know, he gets eliminated where hell, if you're that, why, if you're Vince, why wouldn't you have an Edge versus Christian to end that Royal Rumble? Oh like, my gosh. It's silly not to. And yeah. like them, that anticipation where it's like, man, both these guys just returned and both of them are former tag team partners. They're both Wiley veterans. Like, holy smokes, who goes over? Yeah. But it, then, so he's gone. Like that's his one stint. I think maybe he had one more. I can't remember if he had another one or not after that, but then lo and behold, here he comes on AEW, you know, and you know, uh, a lot of people had high, very, very high expectations of who was coming out. But listen, Christian, in the long run, it's been a very good addition to Dynamite and AEW. No, no question about it. And he can still go uh, just mm-hmm. as well, if not better. Uh, I mean, he may have gotten better with age where it's like he's learning stuff. Hell, um, he would look Nesha, great on, with that AEW title on him, too. Yes, he yeah. would. Nesha agrees. Classic Vets, great match. Um, I think that the direction they're moving him in, though, Dominic, is for him to... Uh, obviously, it's an age-old tradition in pro wrestling where you want to put over younger talent. And uh, I initially was thinking like, oh, okay, Christian's just going to put over Kenny Omega and stuff. But they're actually doing the smarter route, it seems, where uh, there was an interesting look there between Jungle Boy and Christian Cage at the end of the match. Um, and I think that Jungle Boy, we're, we're eventually working toward Jungle Boy getting uh, the big win over Christian Cage. Yeah. Do you think it's going to be a heel turn for Christian or do you think he's got, it's going to be like a friendly rivalry? Kind might, of might be a heel turn for Jungle Boy. Uh, Steven Chambers was pointing out something that I didn't see earlier. 
And that's that this look happened after, I guess, Christian Cage was picked up on uh, Luchasaurus's shoulders and Jungle Boy was like, hey, what, what, I'm, I'm supposed to be picked up by another adult male. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a stupid way for him to turn heel, but I'm still in favor of having that match. I, uh, I didn't notice that. Um what if I would like it if it was a heel turn for Luchasaurus <laughs> somehow? Oh, it's it's it makes so much sense. They need to just turn him heel. Uh, let him just be like the dominating big guy in the ring instead of doing a stupid flippy shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, and give him like a new mask, give him a new name, like just turn him into like this big terrifying dude. Because like yeah. his his tattoo situation is creepy looking, I think, and like yeah, he's got he's got great size. Like he, there's so much going for this guy, but he just needs somebody to get in his ear and be like, "Dude, you have a lot of great athletic ability, a lot of talent, but you need to knock it off with a bunch of the shit that you're doing and start thinking about moving in this direction." And like have him work with like have like Big Show consult with them, be like, "Hey, this is how you work, Big Man, more. You know, right. just do this a little bit more and stuff like that." You know, right? Because like, guess what, Dom? The only way for a smaller guy to get an advantage on on the bigger guy normally is by using the flippy stuff or using like speed and stuff. So if the big guy is showing like, "Hey, I can do that too," it's like that's cool. Except you're kind of screwing the younger guy who's or the smaller guys who are trying to get an advantage on you. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think um, I would not. I hope Jungle Boy's not doing a heel turn. We talked about that before. He's not just. He's not built to be a heel. He's hot right now as a baby face. I just. I don't see the the advantage of making him a heel against Christian. You know, mm-hmm. I don't like it either. But then he's given looks like wait, wait a damn minute. But maybe it's Luchasaurus having the animosity because he's like him and Jungle Boy or him and Christian have been Jungle Boy and Christian have been hitting it off. And so I didn't understand that. What? Why is Dominic, my talking? I'm gonna talk to Alexa in a the clear voice. It's my Samsung phone. <laughs> Why does it think I'm talking to it? Didn't understand the point you just made, Dominic. Disagrees. Yeah. Quit uh, listening to me. Nesha feels that uh, Luchasaurus just needs a swift kick to the to the old plums, the old saddlebag there. Dom, what do you think? <laughs> well, I think Luchasaurus should do that to them. It, like, he's playing the manipulator between the two. Like, he's yeah. causing the rift, you know? Yep. I think no, that he would needs, like that more. He needs to turn heel, yes. And then it needs to be him causing a rift because you're right. Jungle Boy should not be a heel, should never be a heel. Um, at, at least not for a long time because he's so over as a baby face. He's got such a good baby face look and he's like this kind of like younger guy that everybody wants to get behind. Um, yeah, it's I. he needs to remain in the position that he's in. I agree. I agree. Marcus, uh, Chris Jericho's little promo about and then leading into Sean Spears. His first, uh, what is it? What's the what's the Herculean thing called? Uh, the trials of labor. Jericho, or something. Oh, the labors of Jericho. His first um, labor against Sean Spears, who's allowed to use a chair, but Jericho's not. What do you think of all that? Feels like we're going through the motions a little bit, where it's just like it, like I this script is written right, and I feel like we we all get a copy of it every week because it's like okay, you're you're really kind of postmarking exactly what's going to happen for Jericho to get his hands on. On MJF, which, by the way, the same sort of thing happened with Cody and MJF, I want to say a little bit where it's like Cody has to follow these exact stipulations. He has to, like, let him whip him with the belt and stuff. So, like, we sort of already did this and Cody got through all of it and then he got a shot at MJF. So we're, we're like earmarking that, OK, Jericho is going to beat all these people and then he's going to have a match with MJF and likely lose. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's true. Uh, there's a point to have like MJF is the cowardly heel, so he's going to avoid Jericho as much as possible. So he's going to create that thing. But yeah, you'd like to see it maybe. I don't know. I think it's intrigued. To, it's intriguing to incorporate like uh, Greek mythology into it all and stuff like that. I think that's like I mentioned last week. I think that's a really cool aspect of it. But yeah, you don't want it around the same framework that you were we had, that Cody had to go through with, with the same heel, with um, the same heel, and probably the same outcome too, right? So yep. Uh, but yeah, it's I don't know. It's it's hard for me to get invested in that match. I like Sean Spears. I think Jericho is okay he's not as good as he used to be but uh like it's hard for me to get invested in it because it's just like well i, I already know who, who went over fast forward that one we know who wins yeah um i forgot to give you shit too marcus i think uh last week did you say you had no interest in matt hardy versus christian i did and uh they they proved me wrong i think mostly christian proved me wrong um they, you know as far as like being well th- this was also what i said was it if anybody can help carry Matt Hardy, who's not what he used to be? And I no disrespect to Matt Hardy. I got a lot of respect for him and his history in the business. Hey, just had another baby too. Yep, congrats. But uh, if anybody can carry him, it's a, it's a guy who's a veteran and a guy who can still go like Christian Cage. And he did. I didn't want to let you off the hook with that. Uh, you don't have to. <laughs> exactly what I said could happen. 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 <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, main event time. <laughs> Well, we uh, danced around that for a while. Uh, the coffin match, Marcus, how'd you think it was uh, closing out the show like that? And uh, were you all for those spots and everything like that? And how they portrayed something that created some intrigue? Hold on. Uh, Nesh is saying it's Matt Hardy's first daughter, by the way. Uh, Dom, how weird is it that I had a daughter before Matt Hardy had a daughter? <laughs> right? Like, I have a, I have an older child than Matt Hardy. Feels weird, right? Because he seems like he's old, a lot older than but me. But this is like his fourth child right yeah this is fourth child so how about that good for him though first daughter cool being a girl dad uh anyways dominic uh yeah this was a good match great way to to close the show um some new unique stuff going on removing the turnbuckle um from the ring so there's no bottom rope and you know it's darby allen coming out with the bret hart steel plate on his back yeah that was pretty cool which i thought was pretty sweet i feel like they should have held it and made that a reveal at the end though Oh, maybe. Um, yeah. Like when he does the coffin drop through the coffin and then he like pulls it off and he's like, oh, oh man. See, that would have been cool. That yeah. Been cool. I, I think that that's probably how it should have gone. But I thought it was a, an interesting concept and it was just it was a good match, man. I think, uh, you know, Darby went over, obviously, but I think Ethan Page really shined. You know, our our good close personal friend, Eddie Kingston, friend of the show, uh, he uh, he said that one of the under the radar talents in, in AEW is Ethan Page. And man, I'm starting to get it. He's he's proven his metal, like not only in the ring, but on the mic, you know, like I love that segment. I don't know how much we talked about it last week. I think we forgot to talk about it last week, but I love that segment between him and Darby and Jr. the week yep. before. Oh, it was like, great. And they didn't touch each other. Yeah, that's what I loved about it. I was like, they didn't even touch each other, and like it was great, you know. At this point, I'm I, I keep bringing up Eddie because Nesha is it pops Nesha every time. That's really the only reason. <laughs> um, but no, dude, it was great, and what a cool way to end the show. Uh, I knew that it happened because so I watched the show late, but I knew that it happened because I had been on Twitter, and I was like, holy shit, what a spot! 
And so I saw that there were two minutes left on my DVR. I was like, come on, I need to see this spot. Uh, <laughs> like I, I figured it was going to cut off before it happened. And miraculously, I, I, it made it and I got to see it. And then they went off the air. And I was like, what a perfect way to end the show. Yeah. Like if you're if you're a fan, a casual fan who doesn't watch the program and you see something like that happen at the end of the show, you're like, oh, holy shit, I'm tuning <laughs> in next week. Well, um, one uh, kind of uh, valid argument I saw too, uh, one that I heard from my one buddy. We all watched. I was in Deep Creek, Maryland this past uh, week, and we were watching Dynamite. Well, I was. I was covering it, and a couple of my buddies were coming in and out of the, you know, out of the building and stuff. And they were caught wind of, uh, so they saw the spot where Ethan Page ego edged Darby on top of the stairs. My buddy went in the bathroom came out of the bathroom and there's Darby about to do his skateboard spot in the apron. So, and it, it was only like a, within a minute and a half of that time. Like, you know, if you're getting ego edge on some steel steps, you'd be out cold. That'd be the end of the match basically. Right. Yeah. Well, you need to sell it at least until he dragged you over to the uh, coffin. And then it's yeah. just in order to shut the door. You like put your hand put up. Your hand up. Yeah. That's almost like where you have somebody in the sleeper hold or whatever. And they do the three arm check. And this is like, you're uh, about out, but then you, fight back right the way to do it is have page be gassed where he's like gasping and like trying to crawl his way over to darby to get him to the coffin so yeah yeah play, play so, a little time in there yeah so you don't bury his finisher which they, you're right and that's a great point they kind of sort of did um and i mean like you know it's what else do we need to finish a match here there for him to like finish off an opponent like he's like doing the uh, skateboard spot he's like hooking him with the thing He's yeah. doing like the coffin drop with the steel plate on his back, right, like right at the beginning of the match. It's like, do we need a wood chipper to kill Ethan Page here to put a stop to him? Like, what? Like, should he start bringing a chainsaw to the ring? What's it going to take to stop Ethan Page? Like, he's a savage of a guy to survive all that. But yeah. no, it's I, I think that some of those spots are overdone, and I think that that's a good point. Where it's like, you know, you don't need fucking forty high spots in every match. Like, let's let's maybe do two or three. YouTube and make it me more. And then, uh, you know, Darby's like, does that risk taking scrappy fighting style? You can put, you can definitely get that off still by not having some of that stuff happen. Yeah. You know? So, but yeah, I liked it. I thought it was a fun match and, uh, you know, a good way to close out the show ultimately. And Dom, I think this is a good way for us to close out our show. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and, uh, and do our uh, Meltzer 10 star review. Marcus and uh, our MVPs, Marcus's Meltzer rating and our, our MVPs, Dom. Who, what is your Meltzer rating for this week, Marcus? That is not a Meltzer rating. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's this week my rating kind of, it sort of like reminds me of like Hulk Hogan and the argument of like if he's a great wrestler or not. It's like, was this a great TV program? Uh, yes. Was it a great wrestling program? Maybe not exactly. Uh, but like, it's, it's sort of like, well, Hogan's not a great wrestler, but he's the greatest wrestler because he drew the most crowds. So I, I kind of think of it in that way where it's like, there was enough spectacle and enough good stuff on this program that I think it salvaged what was like, maybe not like the strongest wrestling program. Um, and so with that being the case, Dominic, I'm giving it a solid 6.9. Oh, okay. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. All right. That's uh, that's relatively respectable for a Marcus Meltzer rating. Not too bad. Not too bad. Pretty good program. Yeah. All right. Well, uh. Who's your MVP? Got to be Christian Cage, Dom. Uh, absolutely. Carried carried Matt Hardy through the match, which is super rude of me to say to Matt about Matt Hardy, but he just doesn't have it anymore. He's, little, he's getting a little too slow, a little too old, a little too stiff. Nothing wrong with it. He's just getting older. But uh, Christian Cage managed to kind of make him look young again, and they had, they had quite a match. 
yeah, it was a fun one to watch. And I was, I was intrigued by it. And I was fine with like, I thought the length of the match was great. I thought it was just an overall very, very solid match. Like, and from like a nostalgic standpoint, as well as blending it with um, how to smartly work, I thought it was a very, very good match. But I, yeah, I think, like I said earlier, I think the match of the night for me was Brian Cage versus Ricky Starks. And yeah, I got to give it to Ricky Starks. That's my MVP for this week. Um, I like the little subtleties he brings to the ring. Uh, like even during the picture in picture break, you can see him like uh, wrenching the arm of, of Brian Cage, but he's also biting the fingers of Brian Cage, like and stuff like that. So he does a little stuff like that. And like I, I think I've said before, like he's so great at the little details. So uh, this was a good way to get him over and to get further progress a storyline as we move forward to whether that's, you know, against Cage, which I'm sure he'll be seeking revenge against some of those guys. And then uh, moving forward, just to establish further establish uh, Starks as one of the top stars of wrestling today. So no doubt about it. Dominic Nash gave the program an eight. Uh, do you mm-hmm. have a rating that you want to give? Well, I usually don't give the ratings, do I? Um, I guess you don't. You don't have to. I'm probably around the same level as you. I think uh, maybe like a seven, seven point two, maybe. Um, I thought it was a good show. Like, and heck, dude, we didn't even touch upon this. They went up against the NBA Finals, and they Scored broke over a million, million ratings, yeah. million viewership, Marcus. So how about that? You know, um, awesome man. We're excited about the future of AEW. They got a lot of good stuff going on. Um, the, some stuff that needs some work, but you know, you could say the same thing about you know the prime 1998 Raw or WCW. You know, um, a lot of aspects that need some work. I think quality. that's what people lose focus on is like stars like Austin and the rock and the NWO and uh, Goldberg were all red hot fire. Like, you know, but they were also on the same program as like Val Venus getting castrated and, yeah. you know, the, the Hugh Morris coming out in like a stupid eighties gimmick, like giggling, you know? Yeah. So there's, there's like a lot of stupid stuff. Uh, that tends to happen in pro wrestling. It's the nature of the pro wrestling business, you know, so everybody puts on their rose-colored glasses, so to speak, when they look back uh, on past wrestling. But look, this might be some of the best wrestling in the history of television, to be honest, (laughs) what we've got going on today. Uh, Yeah, from an in-ring standpoint, absolutely, you know, and um, but, like, there are certain aspects that are missing, too, like, uh, like, you know, best wrestling from an athletic standpoint, but best wrestling from a storytelling standpoint, no. Not always. Uh, not always. Yeah. Uh, I will say this to uh, Money in the Bank tonight, but we also have, um, uh, I think we're so used to WWE not building new stars recently. So, I mean, that's what we're like, listen, hopefully we're, we're breaking past that uh, barrier. Not Maybe not WWE is not doing that, but uh, AEW is trying to establish new stars. Like, and, you know, that's a work in progress, you know? So, I mean, like, uh is there a lot of stuff happening on dynamite yes uh could it be tightened up yes are they getting another show that they could probably do that to yes so i mean uh let's let's see how things develop and you know you know ultimately you want to get to create a star like the rock or austin maybe you won't get to that level like you know with some with who that you got but maybe you will you just got it's just time will tell and you have to just uh kind of let it let it all play out 
So you damn sure got to try to get back to that level. So yeah, uh, yeah. Why not? Why not put your best foot forward, Dom? Uh, I got to go to a birthday party. So let's do our wrap up here. Uh, you can follow me at Marcus P D'Angelo on Twitter. You can follow this podcast at two the number two Dynamite Dudes on Twitter. Uh, Dominic, how do they follow you? How do they follow WrestleZone? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Dominic D'Angelo. You can follow WrestleZone on Twitter at WrestleZone.com. Go to WrestleZone.com for all your wrestling news needs. Um, yes, uh, we still have uh, some good interviews out there. Uh, let me see. Uh, from what, I think we've interviewed somebody from our – oh, Matt Cardona we have interviewed up there. Uh, Scott D'Amore, who does a very good job as uh, an authority figure on Impact Wrestling and um, I think is a very captivating uh, figure on there too. Uh, he's a, he's a good authority figure. So, uh, and that's what, if you're going to have one, you need somebody like that on there, but, um, a very strong point of impact. So, uh, Bill talks to him, Bill Pritchard, our editor. And, uh, yeah, if you want to go back and dive into some of my interviews Henry Winkler, I read the fonts, uh, talked about the one and only, uh, 1978 movie. And then also Davey Richards returning to wrestling and returning to, well, showing debuting in MLW against TJP. So uh, he talks a very great interview there. So dive back into the, a little bit, uh, go on the YouTube, our YouTube channel and stuff like that and check that out. And so, yeah, but uh, that should do it guys. Uh, fun show. Uh, happy we were able to do it this week. Uh, I didn't think we were going to be, but we knocked it out. Week in, week out, you're getting two dynamite dudes. No doubt about it. Yeah, good to, good to be joined by everybody. We appreciate all the interaction. And uh, we'll see you guys next week right here on Two Dynamite Dudes with Attitude. Later, guys. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Everybody seems so messed up.